our constituents, who all voted for us, want us to have the ability to win a hand on occasion. And that's what these proposals do today. Doesn't guarantee we're going to win. Doesn't take power away from Tony Evers. What it does is it actually just makes sure that we have an equal amount of power at the table. Who's that talking there, Phil? Is that Joe Cocker or maybe uh, Wolfman Jack? Like, it sounds like somebody's been up all night and they need a good night's sleep. That was Robin Voss, and he probably had been up all night because the legislature likes to do a lot of their important business in the middle of the night. <laughs> yes, he was dutifully overseeing a sneaky and fast lame duck session in which his Republican majority was adopting sketchy bills to give himself more power, despite a Democratic governor winning election last month. That's bound to put a little strain in your voice. That, of course, was Assembly Speaker Robin Voss. This isn't about taking power. This is just the Republicans can win a hand from every now and again. So so Tony Evers likes to play Euchre, right? He's a Euchre yeah. guy. Every election night, he plays Euchre with his family. Well, to hear the Republicans talk about it, he's going to be shooting the moon every every day in the legend. <laughs> In Wisconsin politics, you know, he's going to have complete power. He's going to take every trick of every hand, and he's, it's not even going to be fair. All Robin Voss wants are some of the trump cards that were dealt to Tony Evers when he got elected governor. That's right. He's trying to represent his exceptionally gerrymandered constituents. <laughs> well, as much as uh, Robin Voss wants to say, we're not taking any power away from the governor. Well, when you don't let the governor appoint who is the head of his economic development agency. That's taking power away from him. That is, yes. They introduced their 40-some proposals on a Friday night. They hold a public hearing Monday. They wanted to vote on Tuesday. It went all night, and they wind up voting Wednesday morning. That's not a deliberative process. That's not good government, and it's actually not all that surprising from a legislature that's tried to uh, gut the open records law over the July 4th weekend, that has dismantled the Government Accountability Board, that has let more of the big funders of campaigns give money anonymously and coordinate what they're doing with the candidates. And we're going to talk about that and everything else on this week's edition of Center Stage. I'm Scott Mill for the editorial page editor for the Wisconsin State Journal. And I'm Phil Hands. I'm the editorial cartoonist for the Wisconsin State Journal. And we are half of the State Journal editorial board. The better looking half. This lame duck session has been pretty lame, has it not? It's been exceptionally lame. But it's sort of par for the course for this group of Republicans. They've had all the levers of government for the last last eight years, and they've had any chance to change anything they want. And in the yeah. process of those last eight years, the legislature has abdicated a power and authority directly to the governor's office because he could just move more efficiently on some things they wanted to change than they could. Uh, and so now there's a governor they're not so crazy about. Well, let's let's just take all that stuff back. As we record this podcast on Thursday, uh, it's not yet clear if the governor is going to sign all of this, if he's going to sign some of it. Uh, Tony hey. Evers has requested a meeting with uh, the outgoing governor to talk about it. Scott, right here. Five bucks, Governor Walker signs the whole thing. You want to take that bet? <laughs> no, I don't want to take that bet. We've done two editorials so far. On Sunday, our editorial pointed out that the lame duck session snubs state voters. Ramming through unvetted bills for partisan advantage violates public trust. On Wednesday, we called on the governor to veto the uh, pile of rush job proposals 
Uh, no, we're not holding out a whole lot of hope, but you never know. I mean, he is a governor on the issue of taking away some of the powers of governors. Usually governors don't like to do that. I mean, former governor Jim Doyle, before he became governor, was a critic of the Frankenstein veto. Once he became governor, he thought it was pretty cool. Should we talk about what didn't pass first of all? Sure, yeah. Let's talk about the good th- Like, There's so, actually some good news there's here. There's some actually good news here because they tried to do some really horrible stuff that didn't didn't go through. Yeah, they were going to make the Foxconn splurge, in, in essence, spending 200 thousand dollars per job. They were going to make that just kind of a regular thing. Just any old paper company that wasn't couldn't cut it in the free market – Oh, well, get, we'll sub, government will subsidize your payroll. Yeah, that's called socialism. That's what the Chinese would do, right? Yeah. So they're not going to make that the norm, and that's good. They also are not going to be. There were rumblings of, are they going to try to cut the governor out of the next redistricting process? They uh, thankfully did not do that. I don't even know how much those were rumblings, except uh, I think those were Democrats rumbling about that as sort of a scare, scare tactic. tactic. Okay, yeah. But there was rumblings about that. Yeah, one hundred five, six, seven, nine, ten. Jinx. <laughs> anyway, uh, personal jinx. <laughs> that means I can't talk again until you hit me or something like that. Your kids are younger than me, so you know the rules better than I do. They don't do jinx anymore. It's not good for character building in the uh, public schools. We're all winners, Phil. We're all winners. We Nobody all get-, get to hit each other on the side <laughs> of the arm or on a knuckle. Anyway, the other good thing that didn't happen is we're not going to spend seven million dollars on another election. This spring. Oh, yeah, yeah, the spring so, election. So, so Walker and Fitz and, and Voss had all talked about, well, you know, they're, you know, we're having this presidential primary at the same time that some Supreme Court justice, who happened to be appointed by Walker, is going to be up for re-election. And they said, well, there's this, this Democratic primary for the, for the presidency. He's going to get all these, these Democratic voters out to vote, which is bad news for our guy who's running for Supreme Court. Uh, so let's have an extra election for the, for the presidential yeah. primary. Which is going to cost every, which was going to cost seven million dollars. Every county clerk basically was like, "We can't even do this." You know, this yeah, is. It was going to be three statewide elections in three months. Yeah, it was just kind of a, you know, and maybe there's philosophically something to the idea that we shouldn't have a partisan primary election at the exact same time as a nine-partisan mm-hmm. election. But this is the wrong year to change that. Yeah, and they just they started to realize they were getting into some strange, unintended consequences. It used to be Republicans argued that point, that, wait a minute, we're traditionalists, we're conservative. What you're proposing here so quickly, what about the unintended consequences? Let's think about this. Wouldn't be prudent. Wouldn't be prudent. Thank you, George Bush. Yes. Uh, rest in peace, George H.W. Bush. Good guy. But had they done that, what they found out was they would have had to move up the state's presidential primary. Well, as you know, there's a hierarchy and a pecking order of who gets to vote first in these primaries because for president because they're so consequential if you're further up on the list. Yeah, it would have been unconsequential. It would have been if we could have said, hey, you know what? We can't do it in April. Let's just have our presidential primary in August. You know, right. yeah. we could have done that just fine. Well, but the, then we wouldn't have. The primary would have been over by then. But yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I mean, we could have pushed it back to say May, and or June or something like that. But they didn't want to do that because then you lose influence. Exactly. And if you move it up, then the Republican Party says, "Oh no, you're not. You don't get to jump ahead of the line, Wisconsin. We're going to take. You're not away. as important as Iowa. Thank you yeah. very much." And so then they found out they might lose some of their delegates or at least certain powers of their delegates at their national convention. 
So that started to put brakes on it too, and you had most of the clerks were opposed to it. Um, so luckily that failed. But we digress. We digress because what did pass is we're going to be spending a lot more on lawyers. Uh, Robin Voss and Scott Walker love spending millions of dollars on lawyers. When did the Republican Party become the party of litigation, <laughs> well, frivolous litig litigation? It actually occurred before Trump, but I think Trump has put an exclamation point on it. Now the, the Republican Party is the party of attorneys in litigation. They've got Tariff Man in the White House. We have a new attorney general, Josh Call, one of my neighbors, good guy. Whom we did not endorse. <laughs> we did not endorse. <laughs> Ouch. Oh. You're going to get TP'd, Phil. I'm going to get TP'd. Oh, yeah. My friends were really upset when we found out <laughs> we were endorsing him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, but one of the things he ran on was, he's, you know, I'm going to pull out of these, these what he would call frivolous lawsuits, these, 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 these suits the state's suing to yeah. get us out of the affordable or repeal the Affordable Care Act and uh, repeal the Clean Power Plan. And Josh called, didn't want to be part of those lawsuits. So the legislature said, well, you know what? Let's not give him the discretion to, to say whether he wants to join the lawsuits or not. We're going to make that the legislature's job to do that. Yeah. And they've watered down some of that, that bill a little bit. So, for example, originally they were going to make it that, hey, the legislature can have a special counsel in place of the attorney general and will do his job for him. They did tweak that at the end such that, okay, we get our special counsel and I guess he can do what he I wants to. I guess he too. can do his job too, I guess. So we'll spend more on lawyers. I mean, they did that with the whole redistricting uh, ruse where they've spent uh, well over $2 million on legal fees and other things to draw these gerrymandered maps. Um, so anyway, and we're going to be doing more of that. Gerrymandering is actually a part of this story too because the Republican yeah. legislature keeps talking about, how, well, you know, the voters picked us. The voters want a divided <laughs> government. The voters, yeah. you know, we're, we're protecting our constituencies that all supported this Republican majority in both the Senate and the Assembly. Yeah. But the Democrats got more votes total in both those elections. More people voted for Democratic Assembly people and senators than for Republicans. They're just gerrymandered to the point where they can't make any headway into those chambers. Even though the Democrats um, got well over 50 percent, the Republicans still have more than 60 seats in the Assembly. Which is, more than, which is more than 60 percent of the Assembly seats. Yeah. And uh, now they might have still controlled the Assembly. I mean, part of the issue that the Republicans always point to, which is true, is that if you have a whole bunch of voters packed in Madison, if Madison supports Madison's Chris Taylor with 80 percent of the vote... Well, okay. And 20% for the Green Party candidate. That that might mean that in an outlying rural seat, a Republican wins 45% you know, to 45%. And so even though maybe overall Democrats got more votes, some outstate Republicans would still win. And so maybe they could have held their majority, but they wouldn't have held 60-some no, seats no. when the Democrats are winning more votes. And they probably wouldn't have won the Senate either. It sounds like Josh Call is not going to take this lying down. He's going to file some suits against what they're doing, which then means they need to hire lawyers, which means taxpayers get to pay for all of these legal expensive fees and uh, while well, they fight it out. I wonder how much this is going to cost the taxpayers when it's all said and done, because there's not really a fiscal note attached. There's I mean, not really a fiscal note attached to this, but it's going to cost us millions of dollars in it, legal fees. The other thing that the, the big one that, 
happened was the whole WEDIC issue, which is the Wisconsin Economic Development Commission. Oh, wait, I'm not supposed to call them WEDIC. They, they don't are the like w- being called WEDIC. They are the WEDIC. Okay. Uh, but uh, WEDIC, 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 WEDIC. But anyway, they peculiarly have decided that the legislature will now appoint the leader of WEDIC rather than the governor for at least nine months. Yeah. Until they can clean up some stuff for Foxconn. Basically. I guess. I mean, yeah, that looks really suspicious. and Which I guess is better than the original proposal, which was to have it go on forever, basically, so that the governor would no longer be picking the chair, the, the head yeah. of Weedick. Which I thought, I think Scott Walker had a really funny kind of remark about that, where he said, well, why does Tony even care if he gets to choose the head of Weedick? He wants to get rid of the whole organization. <laughs> yeah. Which, if you're the Republicans and you're thinking down the road, which I'm sure they are, I mean, the guy does still have a veto pen where he can write down numbers. He could take Weedick's spending authority, I believe, down to zero if he wanted. So I don't know I don't know why they really want to mess with him on that too much because he could decide rather than letting the legislature run Weedick, we'll just go without Weedick. Yeah. And even if Weedick is still there, he can cut their budget with his veto pen. So um, I don't know. Can he bring back the, the, the Department of Commerce without legislative help? No. No, he would need them to Because that's one of his campaign pledges was to, yeah. was to bring back commerce and get rid of Weedick. Yeah, and I mean, you can always rename anything, I suppose. I mean, what they would do is it wouldn't have that, that sort of private sector component mixed with the public sector. Yeah. We endorsed it originally because there were a whole bunch of Democratic and Republican leaders who had run the Department of Commerce who were saying, yeah, we're not nimble enough. We need well, the, a little more flexibility, and that's what the intent was. The Department of Commerce used to do a whole bunch of stuff that had nothing to do with commerce. Like it was, right. it was regulating like roller coasters and stuff like that. It was yeah. doing a lot of like safety inspections and things mm-hmm. that had nothing to do with economic development. And I don't think Tony's talking about bringing that back. I think he's just talking about putting some more reins on the public money that's there. Yeah. I mean, the other thing that happened with the whole Weedick bill is, you know, they're trying to ram it through in two days, and a whole bunch of former heads, some of Weedick and some of the Commerce Department, and several of them Republicans, said, no, don't do this. If you want your economic development department to work, you need the governor to trust it. Like Bill McCoshin, who's got to be one of the biggest fish in the Republican sea here in Wisconsin, Mm -hmm. former Commerce Secretary, former lieutenant under Tommy Thompson, big-time lobbyist and, Big time. and Republican advisor, he was on that uh, note saying, don't do this to Weedick. Don't turn it into this thing that the governor can't trust. So I guess there's also the administrative rules too, right? Yeah. With the rules, it, it traditionally had been that when you pass a law and the governor signs it, and let's say it's a water quality law, we're going to protect our lakes or something, you'd pass the law, but then the, depart- then the DNR would actually write rules that would be needed so that the law could be enforced and followed and that it, and that it would be the law. So yeah. you get these detailed, very minutiae rules written by bureaucrats, essentially, but they're also scientists and people who know what, you know, the, actually know things, know what's going on on the ground, unlike the, the lawmakers. And it used to be then the, that the legislature got to review that and they could either stop it or just kind of let it go and it would become then the rules would take place. Well, 
they essentially gave a lot of that power to the governor over during his tenure. This so, last legislature, th- yeah. in the last eight years. Yeah, I think because they didn't trust the bureaucrats. They wanted to make sure that the governor could stop anything over at DOA. Basically, they didn't, they, didn't cre- they didn't trust the career scientists, the DNR. No. They wanted the governor to be able to have final oversight in any rules. Yes. So then now they want to pull some of that back. Which I think you and I would agree that, that maybe that's not a bad thing to have the legislature have. Maybe, maybe the governor's office had too much authority. Yeah. And in fact, we had uh, Gordon Hinson on Monday... Uh, not because of this. It was a meeting that had been scheduled for a long time. But coincidentally, of course, what did we talk about? The lame duck session. And he acknowledged— And Gordon Hinch is the assembly minority leader. Thank you. Democrat from Oshkosh. And he said that he supports some of that, and so do Democrats. They just don't want to ram it through in two days without looking at the finer points of it. You know, there's a, this has been a pretty big hullabaloo. People have gone back to the Capitol to protest. And, you know, when you actually look at what's going to happen— there's, there's pulling back on Josh Call's ability yeah. to sue whoever he wants or pull out of any lawsuit he wants. And then there's the governor's ability, new governor Tony Evers' ability to, to mess around with, the, to we, with WEDIC and have who wants on WEDIC and maybe do some administrative l- rules. Those are sort of the three big things that are going to come out of this lame duck session. The amount of power, big picture, that you're taking away from, say, Tony Evers is, I don't know, 5% of his power? Maybe not even that. Yeah, but what's really is rubbing people the wrong way is just how sneaky this yeah. is to re- propose it on a Friday, shove it through in yeah. the middle of the night on Tuesday, you know, and, and just just the and, 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 sort and of the, the hypocrisy of saying we needed to do this. No, we don't. Mm-hmm. The Republicans and legislature had eight years to do all of these things and never did. I mean, so one of the things they're, they're doing is getting rid of the solicitor general's office. That office was created like three or four years yeah. ago for a Republican attorney general. And Each, now they decided they don't want it. Why? Because it's going to be a Democrat. Yeah. And it's just this this blatant partisanship and the win at all costs is really rubbing. I think, you know, we had a letter writer who, who has never written anything remotely progressive yeah. ever. He's a very conservative guy. And he wrote in and says, you know what? Let Tony Evers try to make Wisconsin great again. You know, give him a shot. And I think, I think this yeah. is really rubbing people the wrong way. Yeah, what annoys me the most is it's just classic short-sighted politicians where they can't look past the next election. Even though the changes they're making could last for decades, all they care about is their little petty partisan advantage in the next year or until the next election. Yeah. And that, and they don't think beyond, because you know what's going to happen is, let's say they had moved the presidential race because it wasn't going to be good for their Supreme Court candidate. You know, within a half a decade, a decade or so, the opposite would be true. It yeah, would be, be tough a for a Democratic candidate. a Republican candidate. primary and a Democrat up on, or a liberal Supreme Court just up for election. They're just partisan animals. I don't think that's what the people of Wisconsin want. No. You and, know, even people who are... Republicans and conservatives all over the state are looking at this like this is not this is not the way grown-ups behave. Yeah, and it's and it was highly unusual to do something like this in a lame duck. Now, as we pointed out in our editorial 8 years ago, the Democrats did try to ram through a bunch of contracts uh, for public workers that they had had 2 years to pass but couldn't do it. Yeah. Because the unions were asking for more than the Democrats wanted to give. That thing was a fiasco and And it failed. And it failed because— Much like this is turning out to—there's a lot of failure yeah. going on this week. And it was embarrassing, much like this was, where they had to spring somebody— they had to spring a lawmaker from jail to get it through the for the deciding vote in the Assembly. And then the Senate wanted to take it—yeah. Uh, and then the Senate leader was—they removed him because he said, no, we should leave this for the incoming governor. Yeah. 
so they just stripped him of his power and they still didn't get their way. And that's, you know, that's not exactly the same thing, but I think these shenanigans do happen in lame ducks a lot of the time because people have less pressure on them. The, the election's over. This is the problem of not thinking long term uh, yeah. and abusing what, little authority, what, what authority you have. Well, hopefully the governor will veto some of this. I doubt it, but you never know. And Scott it, Walker could always surprise us. He doesn't before, but he could surprise <laughs> us. And there were a couple lawmakers that voted against a couple of things, a couple of Republicans. Like you had Rob Coles in the Senate uh, vote against uh, the, the power grab part. And I think you had Todd Novak in the uh, Assembly do the same on one of them. I've drawn the Republican lawmakers as uh, lame ducks. Unless I, drew, I drew Scott Walker as a lame duck. Uh, I drew Robin Voss as a child. Yeah, I drew I drew Robin Voss as the Grinch, and I drew Robin Voss and uh, Scott Fitzgerald as drunks. That's right, and they were drinking. What were the beers they were drinking? Uh, one was uh, late After night a- late night lame duck lager and yeah. power grab porter. Yeah, and Robin had a tie on his head, the sort of classic party animal. I Haven't you ever done that before, Scott? <laughs> Maybe at a so uh, I, guess, well, I guess for my cartoons, these these lawmakers are drunk. Grinchy children. 